You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Welcome to church. We're so glad that you're with us today. Let's take a moment, if we could, welcome all of our people watching live by the miracle of the internet. Hey, welcome. We're so glad that you could be with us today. We've got uh, two possibilities are going to happen today, and both of them are awesome. Uh, both of them are equally awesome, and we don't know which one's going to happen. So this is, this is the plan. Here's what the plan is. Uh, we are going to hook up via the miracle of the internet to all the other High Ridge campuses this morning and hear a message from Pastor Brady Boyd. Uh, depending upon the dependability of our Longview internet, we'll see what happens. Uh, it may be perfect, or we do have a backup plan. If Pastor Brady doesn't come through, if the feed should fail, then pa- uh, Pastor Bill, we call him Pastor Bill, or Uncle Bill, whatever you want, he's got an incredible message talking about what happens when all hell breaks loose and the internet feed fails. So either way, you are in for a treat. It's gonna be fantastic. So Pastor Brady's with New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you guys know the history of that church, he is an amazing pastor that's done some incredible things for the kingdom of God. Uh, he's, he's been a powerful overseer for our high Ridge family of churches. He's done a prophetic ministry over myself. Um, he's, he's been a fantastic spiritual father in the faith and today's message is absolutely awesome. So I believe that we're good. I'm getting a thumbs up from our people back there on the controls. So you guys, hey, would you just take a moment and tell our people back there running all of our computer and stuff, thank you. I know there are a lot of people watching around the world that want to say thank you as well. Hey, if you're watching live and you're saying, hey, this is pretty awesome. I get to watch this from the comfortability of my couch and my PJs and robe. Click a thumbs up in the chat and tell these people how much you love them. That would be awesome for them. All right, we're ready to go. So Pastor Jeff is going to introduce Pastor Brady Boyd. We're going to link up with all of our other High Ridge family at churches. And check this out live. Turn your attention to the screen. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all in church. This is a very special day today. We have all the campuses linked together for this service. So I'd like for you all to join me in welcoming, and let me just go through uh, from east to west, High Ridge Church in Longview, High Ridge Church in Mineral Wells, High Ridge Church in Graham, High Ridge Church in Rockland, California. Come on, Fort Worth. Let's give them a warm welcome. Welcome to church, everybody. So glad that you're with us. This is going to be the best day you've ever had, and you're starting your week off right in the presence of God. So we commend you for that. All right, would you all put your hands together? Speaking today is my longtime good friend, Pastor Brady Boyd. Would you make your way this way, brother? Pastor Brady pastors this little church in Colorado Springs of about fifteen to 18,000 people called New Life Church, a longtime friend. It takes a long time to have a long, good friend. Yeah. Amen. And yeah. so I want you all to know him. He's one of the, my overseers, one of the overseers of all things High Ridge. I wanted you to hear from him today. He's got a word for us. Everybody get ready. You're going to receive from the Lord. Y'all extend your hands this way and let's pray and ask the Lord's yeah. blessing. Father, we thank you for Pastor Brady. We thank you. He is an adequate and faithful minister of the new covenant. We thank you for the anointing that rests upon him. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us ears to hear the voice of your spirit and that we will hear you through our brother right now. Teach us and show us how to walk in your ways. And this I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you. Good morning, everyone. So good. I got here yesterday and I forgot about Texas humidity. It's nice. 
really dry and cold right now in Colorado. In fact, when I go back to Colorado tomorrow, I want you to feel bad for me. This is why I'm telling you this. It's going to be like 12 degrees and snowing when I go back tomorrow. So I'm just going to soak up all of this Texas spring weather. It's, it's, it's I'm just enjoy it. Pastor Jeff, thank you for having me. And I remember uh, coming here when you were Ben Book Christian Fellowship. Ben Brook? Ben Brook. That's right. Christian, back when you were in a storefront building, I mean, years and years ago. And so to see what God's done here with all the multiplication of the campuses, I'm so grateful to be a part. Uh, And Pastor Jeff is a longtime friend, and he's right. It takes a long time to be old friends. And uh, how many of you have lost some friends in the last few years? And if you you have, you know how important it is to keep those friends. And I just uh, count you as a friend and all your family. And just can we just honor your pastor? Can we just say thank you to Pastor Jeff? And I mean, think about that. He's been pastoring here 27 years. He's been your pastor. And that is unheard of across the American landscape right now to have someone be that faithful in one place for 27 years. Well, turn with me today to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk today about walking by the Spirit. Are you okay if we talk about the Holy Spirit in, in the church today? And uh, in fact, I just want to say this. that We all have two choices today. We can either walk by our flesh or we can walk by the spirit. And really, that's the only two options the Bible gives us. In fact, throughout the day, you'll find yourself in some parts of the day walking by the flesh. And then you'll find yourself walking by the spirit. And the fruits are obvious when you're in either place. And right now, we're living in a world that's turned upside down. I mean, right now, the people of the Ukraine are crying out to the Lord. They are, they are desperate to walk by the Spirit. And I believe we owe it to the people, the Christ followers in the Ukraine, to walk by the Spirit right now. And, and to make sure that we're praying and lifting them up. I've been to Odessa, Ukraine. I've been in, in the, around the Ukrainian people. And they are strong. And did you know there's 70% of the people in the Ukraine identify as Christ followers? 70%. And there's been revival in the Ukraine for years and years and years. In fact, uh, in the Ukraine, Jewish people are turning to Christ the Messiah in record numbers before this invasion happened. So it's not lost on me that the reason there is violence in the Ukraine right now is because God was on the move in the Ukraine. It's one of the most Christian nations in all of Europe. And so today I'm going to talk about this because I'm, I'm here today to stir up the gifts of the Spirit in you today. And if nothing else, I need the gifts of the Spirit stirred up in me. So we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you this a funny story before we get started. When I was about 22, 23 years old, I was out of college and I was uh, working at a Christian school over in Shreveport in, in, in Louisiana. And I was coaching basketball. And it was toward about this time of the year, basketball season was finishing up and we had a track team and our track coach got fired right before the track season started. So my athletic director came in and said, hey Brady, is basketball season over? I said, yes, it's over. He said, well, I need you to coach track. I don't know anything about track. And he said, well, you're gonna be the, the boys track coach and the girls track coach. So I went out and met with the team, and, and I, I, I didn't really run track. I was, I was slow and short in, in high school, so I didn't run track. I was too, and, and so I looked at the track team, and I said, look, I don't know much about tracks. So I'm going to give you two things that I know for certain, okay? So I gave them two rules for track. Number one, run hard, bear to the left, and get back as soon as you can. That's, that's going to be our strategy from this point on. Just run hard. If you know about track, bear to the left, 
get back as soon as you can. I said, that's it. I have no other strategy for you. And I said, there's another rule that's very important for your safety. Don't catch the javelin. Don't catch it. Let it hit the ground first. So other than that, I don't know anything about track. Now, to my surprise, I took like seven people to the state meet that year. We won like, we finished like third or fourth in the whole state. So I just want you to know, sometimes complexity is not your friend, right? Sometimes you just need to simplify things down. Run hard, bear the left, get back as soon as you can. Don't catch the javelin. Now, in our first race, I had these two kids that had no business being on the track team, okay? These are two boys, they were freshmen, they weighed about 110 pounds, they were not athletes, but they, were, they wanted to be on a team, and so I needed someone to run the mile race, so they came up to me and said, Coach Brady, they call me Coach, Coach Brady, we wanna be on the track team, uh, and we, what, what can we do? I said, well, I don't have anyone that's willing to run the mile. I said, would you be willing to do that? And they said, what does that mean? I said, you run around four times and you get back as soon as you can, but you run four times. They said, we'll do that because they wanted to, they wanted to wear a uniform. They'd never had a, probably an athletic piece of equipment on their body in their entire lives. Oh, this is a true story. I'm not exaggerating this. Opening track meet of the season. They are in their uniforms. Their mom and dads are up in the stadium and they're so proud. They're happy. They're jacked up. They're ready to go. And I, I didn't really know what to tell them. I said, you just got to go around the lab for it. Stay with the crowd. I said, stay with the group. And, you know, if you get on that fourth lap and you got any energy left, just, you know, finish hard. Go. I, I just wanted them to finish four laps. I didn't know if they could even do that. So the true story, they're both lined up. Their eyes are wide and, and the guy shoots the gun and they take off on a dead sprint. Like they were running the hundred meters, took off and they were like 50 meters out in front of everybody at the end of a, of a lap. And all the other coaches said, who put the rabbits in the race? Who put the rabbits in the race? I didn't know what that was. I just said, listen, this is the first time they've ever been in a race. And they finished last and next to last. <laughs> here's, what I, here's, here's what I learned on my first race as a track coach. I could train them, I could instruct them, I could encourage them, but once the race started, they had to run the race. Listen, church, you've been instructed, you've been encouraged, you've been told about the race. Now it's our responsibility to go run the race. Now in Galatians chapter five, Paul was talking to a group of people that understood racing. In fact, running and racing was the sport along the Mediterranean coast. Everybody knew about the Olympic games. Everybody knew about the Isthmian games. There were several big meets and so people were always running. So Paul uses this language because it was language they would have understood. It's like talking about football in Texas. You all understand it. They understood racing and so Paul uses that language. Galatians chapter five, verse seven. Listen to what Paul says. He says, you were running a good race. You were in the race and you were running a good race. He says, who cut in on you? Who cut on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What happened? He says, you have an enemy among you. He says, that persuasion does not come from the one who originally called you into the race. There's something happening right now in the body of Christ. Listen, so many of us were running a good race three years ago. 2019, you were running. Then 2020 happened. And 2021 wasn't much better. And 2022 is not off to a great start. Who cut in on us? 
What happened that we were running a race and somebody elbowed in on us? Here's, here's what this scripture is telling us. We're all called to run the race. Listen, there are no bleachers on earth, only a racetrack. The bleachers are there. Some of us have been sitting in the bleachers for the last three years. I'm here today to call you back into the race. You need to be back in the race today. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church in a while. And this is a great Sunday for you to be in church. Because I'm calling you out of the bleachers back onto the racetrack. And the second thing this scripture tells us is that you can be distracted from our mission. And Paul's using this language like somebody elbowed in on you. Have you ever seen a race, like, especially like the 800 meters when they're coming around that second turn, they're coming around that second lap, they're all bunched up and all of a sudden a group of them will break out and try to separate from the pack. Elbows hit, people fall down. This is what Paul is saying. Paul's saying, what happened to you? You got elbowed. Somebody bumped you. Somebody upset you. Somebody said something on Facebook and caused you to get out of the race. Y'all have Facebook here? I'm just making sure of that. <laughs> He says, we can be deceived. He said, you're called to run the race. You, we've been distracted. And some of you have not just been distracted. He says, some of the people, according to Paul here, you've been deceived. You're believing something that's not true. And, and we know this, that throughout the scriptures, we have an enemy present. I don't know why we were so shocked that an enemy attacked us. And by the way, we, the, the, the American church did not get persecuted the last three years. What's happening in the Ukraine is persecution. All we got, we, we got tested the last three years. It was not persecution. It was a testing, a stretching, an inconvenience. And you see how just a little bit of testing, a little bit of inconvenience, how that rattled us. And it revealed, in my church at least, some poor discipleship. And I'm taking responsibility for that. I'm going to take responsibility for that. And I'm telling my church today, listen, we have an enemy that's present. And maybe we were too comfortable for too long and we forgot that we have an enemy that wants to knock us out of the race. So we have opposition. We have something that's opposing us. In fact, if you have not felt demonic spiritual opposition in your life, it may be that nothing really significant is happening in your life. This is the way I, I gauge myself. Am I feeling oppression? Am I feeling testing? And if I am, I know I'm right in the middle of God's will. I'm doing something that's stirring up the, the, the oppressor, stirring up the enemy in my life. And that's important to understand. You have an enemy, but I have a race that I need to run. All right, now skip down right now to verse 16. Because Paul changes something here. He shifts his language, and it's very important for us to catch this. So we just read verse 7 and 8. Skip down to verse 16. He says, so if you're called to run a good race, which is what verse 7 and verse 8 tells us, run a race is what he says. But listen to the language in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message. On some days you'll be walking in the flesh and the fruits of that are obvious. And you can read down later in verse uh, chapter 5 and see that. Or some days you can find yourself walking by the spirit and see the fruits of that. He said, but listen, they are in conflict with each other. 
There's a tension that we live in, and we're going to live in this tension, this space, this tension, until Christ returns. The tension of the flesh versus the spirit. He says, for the flesh desires what's contrary, the spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict. So, he said, if that's true, so you're not able to do whatever you want. I, I don't mean to be, you know, I don't mean to upset you, but we can't just do whatever we want. You know, one of the greatest, I tell my kids that I have a 21-year-old daughter and a 23-year-old son, and I, and I tell them all the time, you can't be whatever you want to be. There's two lies you were told growing up. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. No, you can't. There, I guarantee you there's not any astronaut sitting in here, and you all wanted to be one, and you're not, I don't think the starting quarterback for the Cowboys is sitting in the room today. All of you wanted to do that. I, listen, you can't be anything you want. That's a lie. I tell my kids that's a lie. And don't follow your heart. Please do not follow your heart. I beg of you, do not follow your heart. <laughs> follow the spirit, please. I tell my kids, ignore your heart. Tell your heart to be quiet. Tell your heart to not speak at all. I want your heart to have no influence on you. I want the Holy Spirit to control your life. Walk by the spirit, because you can't do what you want. All right. Listen to this. This is super simple. Please listen. <laughs> I love saying this. Walking always precedes running. In fact, this is the truth. Every great runner I've ever met started out as a really good walker. <laughs> Notice the shift in the language here. Paul's saying you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? He says in order to run a good race... You need to learn first how to walk by the Spirit. So I'm going to tell you a story today, and I actually called my mom and went over the details of this story because I wanted to make sure I got it right. Now, normally, I don't let the facts stand in the way of a good story. <laughs> you think about that for a moment. But, uh, and you can trust your pastor that when he tells you a story, it's all true. But what I, so I actually went, went over the details of this story with my mom. Now, my mom is 75 years old. She lives in Shelby County, East Texas, on the banks of Toledo Bend Reservoir. So she's a Texan, lives in Texas. And yeah, God bless her. Yeah, the Republic of Texas. And she's, and she's a proud member of the Republic of Texas. My mom drives a pickup truck uses a chainsaw. This is a true story, okay? The last time I was there, a tree had blown over in her yard, and she said, Brady, since you're here, help me. So she went, she went and got the chainsaw. Now, it's been a few years since I've used the chainsaw, but I grew up around them, you know, so I cranked it up, and I'm doing what I thought was good work, and my mom tapped me on the shoulder. This is, I had to give up my man card to tell you this story, okay? My 75-year-old mother was not satisfied with the work that I was doing and took the chainsaw from me and, get, and I got relegated to manual labor and she cut up the tree. This is how tough she is. She killed a five-foot uh, snake that was wrapped around her front porch and she killed it with a, a hoe, like a blunt hoe, and threw it in the, in the lake. And my mom's tough as nails, all right? She's tough. And in fact, I don't worry about my mom that much. I worry about everyone else around her. <laughs> but I don't worry about my mom. She's a widow, been a widow now for about you know, 15 years, and so she's tough. So to tell you this story, you gotta understand who she is, okay? She's larger than life to me. So every other Thursday morning, 
Every two weeks, she has a routine. She's a very, she's a woman of tremendous routines. At 10.30, every other Thursday morning, she picks up her purse and drives 30 miles to the nearest Walmart, okay? The nearest Starbucks is an hour and a half from her house. I know that for a reason. <laughs> the nearest Walmart is 30 minutes away. So every other Thursday morning, she gets her purse, gets in her pickup, and drives to Walmart to buy stuff for the house. On this particular Thursday morning, it was in July of last year, she picked up her purse to go to Walmart in Center, Texas, and she says, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, no, don't go. So she puts her purse down because she's a woman who's been walking by the Spirit for 50 years, 60 years. And she puts her purse down. She says, so I just waited. I said, what'd you do? She said, I just waited. So at 11 o'clock, she goes over and picks up her purse and the Holy Spirit says, no, you can't go. She puts her purse down. 11.30, 12, 12.30, one, it's 1.30 now. She goes over and picks up her purse and the Holy Spirit says, you can go. So at 1.30, three, what, three and a half hours later, three hours later, so she picks up her purse and gets in her truck and she starts driving to the Walmart in Center, Texas. Now, her, when she, you come out of her uh, place where she lives, you come to a T. So you come to the road and you got to take a right to go to Walmart. You take a left to go to the gas station, okay? So she comes to that stop sign and stops and she looks over in, in a ditch. Now, this is East Texas, so it's a four-foot ditch, huge culvert ditch with overgrown with weeds. And it's about four feet down into this ditch. She looks over there, and when she looks over there, a little tiny human head pops up out of the ditch. And it's a woman, a young woman, 20, same age as my daughter. A 21-year-old woman is hiding in the ditch, covered in scratches. She's got blood on her, mud. She's been in there for a couple of hours hiding. So my mom, who is from East Texas, does what every other East Texas woman would do. She rolls down her window and she says, honey, how can I help you? And she calls everybody honey. And she rolled the window down and the, the young woman said, can you take me to my grandfather's house? So this girl comes out of the ditch and gets in to my mom's truck. And I, and I said, mom, this is a complete stranger. But she said, well, Brady, I had my gun. <laughs> Of course you did. Yeah, I mean, I forgot. You're in East Texas. You got guns everywhere. So this girl gets in and my mom starts handing her, like cleaning things, cleaning her up. And she's just covered in bug bites. It's July in East Texas in a ditch. Turns out this, this, a drug deal had gone bad and her husband was looking for her to kill her. Now this is about the same time that the young girl was killed out in Utah. Okay, now I want you to think of the difference here. How many Christ followers did that young girl encounter along the way that could have rescued the girl in Utah? My mom, because she is a woman who walks by the Spirit, happened to be at the right place at the right time. And this girl got in her car. Now, my mom lives in the middle of nowhere. The, the, the end of the earth is two miles away from my mom's house. It just drops off. People go there and never come back. 
So she drove five miles more down into the woods where this girl's grandfather was living. My mom pulls up in front of the house. The guy, the grandfather comes running out of the house. He sees his granddaughter in the car with my mother and he's sobbing and crying. And he goes, where did you find her? And we've been looking for her for three days. The Shelby County Police, the Sheriff's Department had been looking for her for three days. Now my mom does not have the internet. She does not own a computer. She's not, she has no idea what social media is. And, and so she didn't know that they had been looking. It was all over the local social media circles looking for this girl. And my mom finds her. Why did my mom find her? Because she walks by the spirit. Listen, what I'm telling you today, I'm, I'm inviting you into something today. I'm inviting you into a life that's not boring. And some of you are bored to tears with your faith. And that's not God's fault. I'm, I'm describing to you, I could tell you another 20 stories from my own life another 50 stories from my own life of times where the Holy Spirit has interrupted my day and called me into things, into situations, into conversations, into conflict sometimes, into help many times, epic stories of the Holy Spirit interrupting my life. This is a lifestyle for me. It's a, and I learned it from my mom. Growing up, my mom would be prompted to do things. Not long ago, I was in Guatemala. I was in Guatemala with, uh, speaking at this, this place and probably eight or 9,000 pastors were there and I'm speaking at this thing and I had a driver who was from the local town who was driving me back and forth from the hotel to the church. So it's late at night. I just got finished speaking. I walk over to him. I said, I'm ready to go back. I'm pretty tired. He goes, we can't leave right now. And I said, why? He goes, the Lord won't let me leave right now. Now, this is a pretty dangerous drive between the church and the hotel where I was staying. So listen, I'm in Guatemala and this guy tells me we can't go. I'm sleeping at the church if I have to. I'm, I'm going to obey this guy. He, he looks at me and goes, we can't leave right now. I said, do you have like intel? Do you have like direct reports of something? He goes, no, the Lord just said not, not to go right now. It's like 10 o'clock at night and that's way past my bedtime. And, and I said, okay. So we just sat there real awkward. He doesn't speak that much English. I don't speak that much Spanish. And I said, I guess he'll just tell me when we're supposed to go. And all of a sudden his eyes light up. He goes, we can go now. All right. So now I'm very nervous. I mean, I wish he hadn't even told me. So I get in the truck with him and it's a clean drive all the way to the hotel. We get out and I was like, I guess I'll have to wait until heaven to figure out the kidnapping plot that had been plotted against me or something. I don't know what was going on. But listen, I'm just, that's, I, I can tell you more stories. Story after story after story after story of walking by the Spirit. This is what Paul is saying. Who kept you out of the race? That, see, what I described to you is a race that my mom's running. And she's, and listen, she's a 75-year-old widowed grandmother living in, in the middle of nowhere, East Texas. And if God can use her to do great things and save a girl's life, God's looking for somebody. Listen, this is a very, very simple message. God's just looking for somebody who's paying attention. God's just looking for somebody you know how many people down there in East, everybody in her county says they're Christians. Everybody. I haven't met anybody down there that doesn't go to church. But who, how many people drove by that ditch? How many people drove by that ditch? And he had to find somebody 
who would wait three hours from going to Walmart, who was willing to be inconvenienced. Now listen, here's three things. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? I'm gonna give you some very practical things. If you want this kind of life, if you wanna tell me some stories like this a year from now, I think there's some stories like that's gonna happen. Let me give you three things, okay? Number one, we welcome the Holy Spirit every day. Let me tell you what I did this morning. I, about five years ago, I turned 50. I'm 55 now. I know that's shocking to many of you th that I'm 55 years old. I can see the stunned look on many of your faces because you thought I was 45, and I appreciate that, but I'm 55. When I turned 50, that, the morning that I turned 50 years old, I woke up, and the Lord said to me, what do you want, Brady, for the rest, the second half of your life? Which I was very encouraged that he used that language. Cause I, I could have swore I was at the end of the third quarter. But according to God, I'm only at halftime. So I was grateful to hear that. And, and I said, he said, what do you want? And, here's, and, I, and I paused. Six o'clock in the morning, early in the morning. And I said, Lord, I want to spend the second half of my life more in love with the Holy Spirit than I've ever been in my life. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And in, in the bed that morning, he reminded me of a 1700 year old prayer that the church has been praying for 1700 years. It's a three word prayer, so you're not gonna forget this, okay? In fact, this morning, before I got out of bed in the hotel room, before I put my feet on the floor this morning, I prayed this three word prayer over this service today. And here's the prayer that the church has been praying for 1700 years. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, that's not because I believe the Holy Spirit ran off and left me in the middle of the night. He didn't. So I don't want to get into a theological argument with you. I'm not, I'm not here to say that the Spirit runs off. It's not about the Spirit being near to me. It's about me being near to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's present with you. The same Spirit that led you into salvation is the same Holy Spirit that is hovering around you, dwelling in you right now. But we have to acknowledge him every day. See, I've been married 32 years. What would happen in your home, in your marriage, if for a couple of weeks you did not acknowledge them for a couple of weeks? You just ignored them. They're there. They're present. They didn't go anywhere. I'm just going to ignore my wife for two weeks. I'm not going to say anything to her. Listen, that doesn't go well at my house. Every day I look at Pam and say, Pam, how are you? I love you. How can I help you? We, we talk. That's why I've been married for 32 years. And we got married in the seventh grade, by the way. So we got married very, very young in Louisiana. That makes a lot of sense. Scandal of junior high. But the point is, if you don't acknowledge her, the relationship goes sour. The same is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, a power and a presence, but it's a person. Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you today. Holy Spirit, I cannot do what you've called me to do today without you. So come, Holy Spirit. And then the second thing is we surrender our schedule at that point. Now, Holy Spirit, I have a plan for today. But your plans are greater than my plans. Your ways are better than my ways. And Lord, if there's ever a moment in my schedule today where you need me to pay attention and to respond to you, would you give me the sensitivity to hear you, to know you? I surrender my schedule today. Holy Spirit, come to me today. And now I surrender my schedule, which then requires you to do the third thing. Pay attention every second of the day. Pay attention. And I love that about my mom. My mom reaches for her purse. Don't go. 
don't go, don't go. So she was welcoming the Holy Spirit. She had, paid, she would, had surrendered her schedule and she was willing to pay attention. So we welcome, we surrender, and we pay attention. Listen, High Ridge Church, this is the life that the Lord's calling you into today. Would you welcome the Holy Spirit? Would you surrender your schedule? And would you pay attention, starting right now, would you pay attention the rest of the day? And in fact, here's what I know is going to happen. I, I know this is going to happen. There are some stories, it may not be as epic as the story as I just told, but you're gonna have some interrupted moments today. This is gonna happen today for some of you. You're gonna find yourself, before you go to bed tonight, you're gonna be, I, I see some of you writing in your journal, I, 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 I paid attention to the Holy Spirit this afternoon, this is what happened. A phone call, okay, and it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be big. In fact, what you consider small, actually the Lord uses those small things to do great things. So don't, don't think, well, unless it's a big epic story, it's not the Holy Spirit. Actually, just saying, I love you. I care about you. So many times I'm prompted to call certain people. The Lord said, call them right now. This happens almost every day. And I'll call them and I'll say, what's going on in your life? What's going on? They say, well, I'm, Brady, I'm so glad you called today. I'm so glad you called right now. Why, why did you know to call me right now? Is it because I've been paying attention to the Holy Spirit for about 35 years now. And I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know how he speaks to me. And I called you. I'm gonna read this scripture to you and I want you to hear this scripture out of Hebrews 12. You hear the scripture a lot at funerals, but I think we need to be reading the scripture right now while we're fully alive. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You know, he's talking about your great-grandmother, your grandpa that prayed for you, all the saints of old who are gone. He says, if it's true that we're surrounded by the saints of our past, he says, then let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Here's, I don't want you to ever forget this. There may be bleachers in heaven. There's only a race to run here on the earth. And I'm calling you to get out of your comfortable place. See, what I just described, and the reason most people don't live like this is because it requires us to get out of our comfortable spot. It requires us to be inconvenienced. It requires us to, be, to use our faith, to trust that we're hearing the Lord. And God's called us to run a race. Before you'll ever run this race that I'm talking about, you have to learn to walk by the Spirit. Would you stand up with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you and all the campuses that are watching. I want to pray over you today. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. If you are willing to take the first step with me today, and I'm not asking you to go all the way to this, but I'm asking you to take a step with me today. Get back in the race by taking one step. Become a good walker today. So one day you can be a good runner. But the first step is, would you just pray that three-word prayer with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Just turn your hands toward heaven if you want to do that. This is the way I do it in the morning. I just turn my hands like this. And the reason I do that is I'm saying, Lord, I'm available to you today. I come open-handed into the day. And we're still early in the day today. So I'm going to turn my hands like this. And I'm going to say, I'm available to, for you today. Wherever you want to lead me, wherever you want to take me, However you want to speak through me, I'm available. 
So come, Holy Spirit. Just pray that however you want to. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We trust you. We need you. We know that you're near us. And Lord, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Men and women who for 2,000 years have done exactly what we described today. They were walking by the Spirit and they were running the race. And now, Lord, the baton has been handed to us. We are now holding the assignment. We are now holding the baton. So, Lord, let us get out of the bleachers today. Let us get off the sidelines today. And, Lord, call us back into the race that you've marked out for us. And I pray this over my brothers and my sisters. That we pray it now over the people of the Ukraine. We pray that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. Overshadow them and surround them and keep them and protect them. We pray today for the Christ followers inside the Ukraine that they would walk by the Spirit today and that, Lord, you would encourage them and strengthen them and overshadow them with your goodness. And we pray it now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. So good to be with you today. God bless you guys. Thank you. Pastor Brady, thank you this morning. I'll pass on your love and your affection. So our staff, we're going to go and spend tomorrow morning with them hanging out and just getting to know one of the overseers of our family of churches. It's always an awesome thing to be able to spend some time with him. I'm going to ask our elders and their wives to come. If you came to this service today and you're needing prayer for any part of your life, uh, we would love to pray for you. If you're walking through an extremely difficult week, we would love to pray for you. If you've got some things that you need to praise God for, you just want somebody to listen for a couple minutes, we would love to praise God with you. I also want to ask you uh, for a couple of things. Number one, if you're watching online and you liked what you heard today, if you enjoyed Pastor Brady, would you do us a huge favor and click the share button on the bottom of your screen? That means a lot to us. If you're here in the service today and you have a Facebook account and judging from the things that we see online, especially for the past couple of years, uh, some of you need to redeem your Facebook account and post something positive. That's a good thing to post. Click the share button. We love that. Also, I want to make you aware of, of one more thing, uh, specifically to this service alone. Uh, we are out of parking. We're out of chairs. This is all the chairs that we have in the building. Uh, so I need some of you to pray about attending either first service or third service. Uh, this is the service that catches the most people who are looking for a church home. And that's an awesome and wonderful thing. And let me just uh, also let you know, if you've got friends that are coming, you can sit in any service that you want to. But if it's just you and your family, if you're like, I've been a member here for 20 years, uh, please hear me as your pastor. Stop coming to this service. We've got no more room. First service would love to have you. We have a little bit of room there. Um, third service has the most room. Uh, but third service is crazy. You're going to like it. Uh, third service is the best service. We get to do some cool stuff in there. Uh, but would you just please consider that? Uh, there's not a whole lot uh, left. We've only been this building a little more than a year. And um, we still got some room to grow in a couple of other spots. But um, if you would pray about, think about, uh, discuss, maybe sleeping in a little bit, grabbing some brunch, then coming to a later service. That'd be awesome if you're an early riser. Hey, we got coffee first thing in the morning too. It's still going to be hot. You get to hear the word before anybody else. Uh, but this service is extremely full. We don't have a lot of room. Last week, we ran out of chairs, and we were pulling chairs from all over the building, trying to get people uh, a seat. And um, we want to make sure that there's room for our, for our city to still encounter this church and not be a place where they, they come in, don't have a place to sit. Make, make sense to you, if, if that's okay? So I just want to tell you I love you. I appreciate that very much. Let me pray for you and send you out. Father, I thank you for my friends that have heard an incredible good message today. I pray that this would be a week where we walk by faith. We are led by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. 
Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.